Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Baseball's back. Tell, Tell your friend. friend what pitch is coming. So, <laughs> find a trash bin. Find Start. Tr- Bang it away. Oh, <laughs> uh, so sp- life is paid. <laughs> yes, it is. So spring <laughs> training started their games, and let me tell you. This Astros thing has made baseball matter more than it <laughs> has since the Cubs won the World Series. To me personally, at least. I've never felt this involved with baseball since the Cubs won the World Series. And this is a fan of a, from, coming from a fan of a team who had made two ALCSs. Because now I'm thinking, I've had a lot of time to think about what the Astros have done since that broke. And since their non-apology tour, where they just came up and... They they went as far as they could to look sad without ever saying the word sorry. And the worst we got was Bregman saying, I'm sorry for the choices we made. Like, that explained anything of what went on. And, like, the thought came to me that we probably should have been in the World Series twice. Like, I now hate Jose Altuve more. And I've hated any non-Red Sox baseball player in my lifetime. I thought you were going to say you hate the Astros more than you hate the Sox. And it's got to just compound things for you that the Sox were involved. But I got news for you. So are the Yankees. Every team was doing something similar to this. I promise you. I absolutely promise you. That's why I'm not interested. Is because this is, honestly, this turns me way off of baseball. Because this is the kind of crap that Major League Baseball pulls. They know that they're a sketchy organization. And they don't care. But they care when they're worried about other people finding out. So then what they do is they pick two or three or four teams to make examples of, which is exactly what they did here. They picked the Red Sox and the Astros. And then one other team that, that got... Probably not. But you know and I know and we all can acknowledge everybody's doing this kind of crap. Everybody is. But I I think the Astros were way more advanced than what everyone else was doing. Advanced? You're looking at me telling telling me banging on a trash can is advanced? The Apple Watches was some Inspector Gadget. That was interesting. I'm not saying advanced technologically, but they did this over multiple years, every game, and they executed it like to a frightening almost degree like in the world series against the dodgers when kershaw was pitching they never swung and missed on a curveball like how is that not altering the game beyond what is considered fair i like i don't have the attention span for this argument okay like (laughs) yeah not to start the argument but i'm just saying that this this is what's getting me slowly back into baseball is that I feel this way. And I haven't felt this way about baseball, like, I'm glad you ever. care about baseball. I think it'll make it an interesting like, angle for the rest like, of the year to talk about baseball. It's starting to matter again. Like, when has, it always matters. When has, but when has baseball been the top story in February like it has this no, year? No, not in February. No, but, but sports have seasons. That's why, like, I don't know, I thought about bringing up the collective bargaining agreement. Because that's an interesting yeah, I, thing. I, I think we'll save that for next week. Once it passes or doesn't yeah. pass. Here's the other thing. It's February. I don't want to talk about the NFL in February. Off-season stories should always get trumped. 
by midseason stories, which should always get trumped by postseason stories. Yes. If there is a playoff going on, which, praise be to God, marches right around the corner, that will take up the entire... Co- like, yeah, and, and will baseball be starting at the same time? Sure, cool. And maybe I'll, you know, talk some of my friends into running down to Kansas City and watching a game or something. But that's all it's going to do to impact my life. I'm not going to check the ALE standings till July, Justin. <laughs> like, I'll see, like, that's one of my favorite things about baseball is, like, scores just arbitrarily roll in. And sometimes you beat a good team, like, 7-1. to one, And then the next night you lose, like, 3 nothing to, like, the Orioles. <laughs> And you're like, oh, God, what is going on? I have no idea. I'm going to wait until July because we as a society have decided to pay people to watch spring and early summer baseball. And I'm not one of those people. So I'm not about to do it. Yeah. And I never feel deficient catching up for the playoffs because have you ever read the Stephen King book on writing? No. So Stephen King was his first like real gig in writing was a sports writer, and he was concerned when he started out as like a sports writing intern because he didn't know that much about sports, and his editor said to him, "Listen, Steve, these are sports that people who are forgetting their own names in bars are smart enough to follow. I think you'll figure it out." <laughs> and I think that. Where I'm going with this is I think that when we talk about things incessantly during the off season and when we when we when we make all this garbage up at the beginning to make things more interesting, all it does is cheapen the fact that like all that this is is people who are large and burly putting objects where they don't need to be. That is sports, and that's kind of why I love them. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't like, I'm glad that you're into baseball again. I'm excited for this baseball season. Yeah, I think like, it's going to be a lot. The AL East should actually be fun this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll see. Yeah. So, baseball's back. I we just thought we should mention it. And, yeah. like, yeah, it feels like it matters more than it has in a while for I'm me. I'm glad. I'm good for you. Okay. You know who needs to bounce back, according to 247 Sports? Scott Frost. This is the part where we talk about the offseason in the offseason. Yes, right after we said about the offseason. I think that this is legitimately a significant story because it's really actually smart people backing up what we're saying. So effectively, what this 247 article says is it like lists a bunch of coaches that are like, hey, this is a quote-unquote pivotal year for this coach. Uh, and they've said that about Scott Frost particularly if he doesn't get to a bowl game. Yes. And I listened to a podcast earlier today where people were saying, hey, you know, I think Husker fans will put up with a couple more years of not making bowl games. And boy, let me tell you, do I disagree. Was this a local or a national thing? It was local media. Okay. Oh, wow. They are very... I mean, they said it was important. It is, but... And then they said they thought that they could... A couple more years... I'd say maybe this year, if that. I think he's safe this year. Yeah. You don't fire him the year after a contract extension. You wait a year and then (laughs) fire him. (laughs) For the year during, as we saw with Riley. Who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? But um, that just goes to show you that people know what we know. Yeah. We're not talking out of our butts here most of the time. It's not about Oscar football. (laughs) 
Later, we're going to talk about boxing, a thing neither of us know anything about. Yeah. I watched all the Rocky movies, and one time in Philadelphia, I ran up those steps. Did you actually watch Rocky Five though? Yeah. I don't remember what happened, <laughs> but I do remember, like, sitting at the end of it. I was sick. I was, like, I had the flu, and they were showing a Rocky marathon, and they were like, guess what? Kid who happens to be sick on a random Wednesday, AMC is showing all five Rockies and then all three Rambos. And I was like, well, I guess I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> Watching Sylvester Stallone ruin people. Um, and it was great. It was one of the best sick days I've had in my life. You ever have a really good sick day? Rarely. Honestly. But, but when they're good, they're like, holy crap, I should get sick every day. I... Like, um, when you're not that sick, but also just, like, too fatigued to do things. And so your mom was like, all right, fine. Because normally my mother was like, I don't care if I can see your spleen falling out of your body. You're going to school. And I'd be like, no, God, my spleen. But, you know, the days where you were, like, allowed to be sick, for lack of a better word. And you just sat there and just, like, you were like, oh, my God. For the next 24 to 48 hours. I can watch daytime TV. No one expects anything of me. <laughs> like, I could literally be in this spot a day from now, and no one would blink an eye if that hadn't changed all 24 of those hours. It's kind of a beautiful feeling. Especially when you're, like, in middle school and, like, work is just starting to suck. You know, because, like, that's that's the whole point of elementary education is to, like, slowly turn up the dial on explaining to kids how much work sucks and then <laughs> reminding them through high school that they need to do it or they'll starve to death. <laughs> so, like, just at the beginning of that, like, when you're really starting to internalize that, like, work sucks and you'll do it till you die, you get this, like, 48-hour reprieve where you're just like, oh, my God. Physically, I feel terrible, but, like... Mentally, I think I'm so at peace with the world I could, like, found a religion around this. Like, you've never had this day? I'm so sorry for you. I don't, I don't think I have. I've, I've all, never all, all of our listeners should comment peace. on Apple Podcasts if they've had this day. I have not. I've, I've never had a day where I've sort of enjoyed being sick. I think maybe because, humble brag, I've never really had that many sick days just to begin with. Wow. So do you think that's like, because you don't get sick or because you work through it? No, I I also think it's because I really don't get sick. Like, okay. like two weeks ago was the first time I had missed a day of school because I was sick since seventh grade. So this has nothing to do with sports or anything, but I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> I so like there are certain people. One of our teachers in grade school talked incessantly. I I'm, I will figure this four, out. Who this four, is okay. later. Um. By context clues. <laughs> they would show up and they'd be like, on the first day, they were like, I really don't like helping you come up, like make up sick work because I've never taken a sick day okay. in my entire time working here at St. Peter's School. And I was like, okay, that's a little hardcore. Let's see how cold and flu season goes. So kids start dropping like flies because it's St. Peter's. And like, honestly, God bless that place if the coronavirus really comes because yeah. spreads around there. Like you would not believe. 
leave. Like one day, one just kid dome is... the whole place if one kid gets oh one kid will like sniffle, and it'll be like the most inaudible little like. And then like every eye in the room turns to them because we know that just like germs adore that place. Pius was kind of similar, but nothing like St. No. Peter's. Like one kid would go down in mass and we'd just be like, crap. Does yeah, everybody have the like long nose plague masks? Because that's what's about to happen. We gotta have like five pairs of hand sanitizer in every room. Yeah, I, I think the thing was we all used so much hand sanitizer that it killed the 99.9% .9 of germs that, like, we could have killed off and left us only with the super bugs. Oh, uh, it, was, it was bananas. But then, obviously, the teachers would get sick a lot. And yes. this teacher was, like, refusing to get sick. And one day, she shows up on, like, some random Wednesday, and she looks Why is like... Why always a Wednesday? Today is a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Rocking with you on a Wednesday. I was going to go on Wednesdays we wear pink, but that also was a good line. The Wednesday Wars. That was a book that I read and enjoyed. The Wednesday Wars was not that good, but okay. Uh... <laughs> Conversation for a different <laughs> My God, we read the Wednesday Wars in this teacher's class. I'm dying. <laughs> she shows up one day, and she looks like her corpse more than she normally did she was fairly old but she just looks like like the living dead and one of the kids was like she like coughed or something and someone was like oh god bless you are you sick and she turned to them and was like no i don't get sick and i was like about that i'm pretty sure you do and like then lo and behold the whole class is sick because she's interacting with everybody all day and to me it's just like when people are like oh, i'm really sick but i'm gonna come to work anyway i'm like why you don't have the nuclear codes i don't care how important you are the world doesn't stop if like you joe schmo accountant don't get to do your number crunchies today <laughs> Like, just, uh, if you if capitalism has you so wrapped around the axle that you cannot take a sick day to, like, get better and do more effective work, God bless you, because I don't know how to help you. Should we talk about sports now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. If we have to. If we must. <laughs> I, I tell you, perfect attendance is oh worth it. God. I got that one year, and then was like, wait, I, I worked so hard for this. This is a stupid pin. I'm going to Ferris Bueller some days in the future, because this sucks. I only ever missed half days, so I didn't get it again. I only got it once, so. You mean you'd, like, show up, and then yark, and then leave? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much either that or, like, realize I wasn't sick and just show up. Did you pass out in church ever? No. I almost passed out in church. Was it during stations? No. I feel like... Well, stations, you just say you were sick, so you could just go into the nurse's office with, the, like, 20 other kids and just eat crackers and drink water out of a Dixie cup. Which is way better than, like, standing <laughs> and kneeling and standing and kneeling. Like, stations is just, like, slow-motion burpees that somehow <laughs> suck as much as regular burpees but last 30 minutes. And it's, like, the same thing every time. At least with, like, mass, you get a different homily. Yeah. But stations is the same well, thing. They'd switch up the books. Time. And there were two stations booklets, 
Well, until we made the new one. Oh, the new one really sucked. But when I, when I was young and impressionable, I'd actually remember these things. Like, there was the first one that was, like, kitty stations. Yes. And it was like, Jesus was sad with his friends when they put him gently on a cross. And then the other one was like, Jesus bled out as they stabbed nails into his wrists and, like, hung him on a tree. And you were just like, whoa, this one is way more metal than the other one, man. Like, yeah, I liked the metal one more, but the I could tell it was, was upsetting people. The metal one was so boring most I of the time. I was super entertained. Like, because if you tell, like, a fifth grader to sit there and really think about a nail going through somebody's head, he's going to be like... Oh, that's kind of dope. But that was, like, on the first paragraph of the second page of whatever station that was. You had to get through, like, one page of Bible analysis, and then you get to the gory stuff. Yeah, but I spent the whole time thinking about the gory stuff and would just pay attention. Like, I wasn't paying attention to the other stuff, clearly. Oh, I think I just tuned out way too early, and then just the gory stuff just blew by me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Sports. Sports. What's next? Crap. Oh, high noon. High noon. E yeah. ESPN has decided to pull the plug on one of its TV programs. The program was called High Noon. And Didn't have a cowboy theme. Yeah, it had a vague cowboy theme. Not as clear as you'd want it with the exactly. show called High Noon. Yeah, which it, it's, My main criticism, that's not true, I have many criticisms. It started out on the noon time slot, but was quickly moved to the 3 p.m. central time time slot before highly questionable, so... And that was for ESPN to, prom to promote their new morning show called The Get Up, which is a, a premise I like, but that show is not very good and is only barely drawing higher ratings in a much better time slot than High Noon did in a midday time slot. So Midday, not actually being the middle of the day, being the like three Middle of the work day, yes. Yeah, but too Eastern. Too I Eastern. feel like there's a lot of people who like... Like, that's not a terrible time slot. It's not terrible. It's not, it's not the worst. It's not, like, Highly questionable is the worst time slot. Worst time slot for work, like, 9 to 5 people. For me, as, is, a, for me as a oh, kid, yeah, it was perfect. That's why I think ESPN has always probably been borderline putting, like, a kid's show on right after school. Yes. And then been like, we can't do that, but this is the closest thing we can get. It's just, like... A strangely sexual Cuban man <laughs> screaming CC. He's very intrigued about, like, The Bachelorette or something. Oh, the highly questionable talks The Bachelor was, like, top-tier programming, as so much of that show was. I We have to devote a whole episode to that sooner or later, because so, that's my favorite show ever. I just want to say, before we even get into this discussion, yes, the two main... Journalists who were involved in this show, Pablo Torre and Bomani Jones. If you've watched ESPN as religiously as the two of us did, when I very rarely actually like sit down and watch ESPN for a non-sporting event reason these days, um, I'll sometimes like catch Sports Center. Yes. Um, but we used to watch ESPN a lot, both of us. Back when we had time to watch yeah. ESPN. <laughs> you know Bomani and you know Pablo Torre. Yes. And I feel like they also just like active people on sports Twitter. Their hot takes are fairly hot and thus creep into your feed. Yes. Um, and one thing about ESPN, they get everything out of the people who work there. Like they will, like they get what they pay for. If you're on like... 
you'll be on around the horn. Then you'll talk about that same topic on sports and you'll go on the radio and talk it. Maybe first take tomorrow. Like, which I think is a really good way to run a newsroom. Mm-hmm. Because what I've basically done is made you an expert in this thing. And now I'm just going to keep showing you over and over again. So that A, I don't pay two journalists to do the work of one journalist. And that B, presumably, as the story develops, you're the person with the freshest take and thus can pick up the developments faster than everybody else. Yes. So I think it actually makes a lot of... I've... And it gets you familiar with them really good. It's like, yes. like when you think of someone like Izzy Gutierrez, he doesn't have an expertise in any one sport because nope. he's on there talking everything. Right. And so if I'm then following something really closely, I'll be like, oh, cool. This has been Izzy's story throughout. So if I'm just like idly watching ESPN, then I can see them get up there and be like, oh, cool. I'll actually turn the volume up. I know I care about the story. I see this face. I think that it works on a lot of reasons. The reason I'm talking about this is because so many current and former ESPN journalists complain a lot about ESPN. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of really valid complaints to make about ESPN. Yes. But I watched an episode of... So, okay. I brought this story up to Justin because I found it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, especially... Uh, so, I didn't hear about it until I saw Jamel Hill tweet about it. And she was like, I'm not saying ESPN's racist, but I'm saying there's a pattern here of... And I want to make clear, she didn't say ESPN is racist because a lot of the headlines were like, Jamel Hill thinks ESPN's racist. And that is not what happened. Um, but she did kind of say, huh, seems to be kind of a funny pattern here of um, non-white hosts and anchors who bring up politics or are otherwise controversial on their show, like, getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. And ESPN does fairly have a track record of this. Yes. Now, what I haven't heard and what I'm hoping you can fill me in on is, was... High Noon, a particularly controversial show? Um, it, that was not its main angle. They, they would talk about the sports news that day. From, and they would not be around the bush if it had a political or a racial angle to it. Or like a sexist angle to it. They would explicitly say, this is what's happening. And like, on an issue that would demand it of it. Right. And sometimes they would just talk about issues related to that, like, and related to sports that nobody else on ESPN was really talking about. But it wasn't like an outside the lines type thing. It was, they would talk about what happened in the game. And they would talk about the broader scope of things. It was a very, you know, good show for getting information out there. I, I thought it, ha it had a home, certainly, on ESPN, because while there were shows sort of like that, like the some people sort of viewed it as a younger version of Pardon the Interruption, but I think there was room for both shows because Pardon the Interruption was more debate and this was more just getting the conversation out there. Yeah, here here's where I'm at. So yeah, I was I was I was really with the whole like, oh yeah, this is probably bad. We should talk about how. And I was also like. ESPN has killed some really interesting and experimental things yes. in the past. But I watched an episode of this show today. Was it a newer one? or Yeah, it was from like 
But did it have, yesterday, I watched yesterday's episode. Does it have both Pablo and Bomani on it? I watched clips from older ones that had okay. the full episode that I desperately tried to get through. Did not have both of them. Yes, because Pablo's. Yeah, he. That sucks. Yep. That's that's the other thing that I was just gonna go without mentioning. He found out while he was at the hospital having his, I think, first kid. Yeah. That has to be a lot on him. I I wish both of them all the best because I think they're great journalists. Yes, and they th- seem safe in their jobs at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And if not, in my mind, this means that they get to go work at a place that suits them better. Yes, because... What up, The Athletic? Like... I don't know. I think for Bomani, this was the second time he's been at least the co-host of a show. Like, he was on Highly Questionable as Dan's and Poppy's second, like, third panelist He, he was the only one who years. was actually talking about sports. Yes, he was. This is how I got turned on to Bomani Jones, and I think that I have liked him ever since. Highly questionable because it is very clear that he is able to do good work in a terrible environment, and I respect that. And that's what made that show amazing. But we don't have time for me to fawn no. over that. Show. Someday we'll do that. We'll do that video probably yes. once I finally cancel it. Yeah, which I think it's coming. Oh yeah, Poppy's going to retire officially any day now. He's, any day? Like he's barely on that show anymore. Like yeah. a couple times a month, if that. He's he's you, he's seventy five years old, and I understand him not wanting to be on TV. Do you think and just be an old man in Miami? No, I'm just spitballing here. Do you think that Dan and Bomani would get put on a project together again? Was there beef there when Bomani left? Highly questionable. No, Bomani left to start High Noon with Pablo Torre. Okay, and Dan understood that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, the show was originally named Dan Lebitard is Highly Questionable. This, as much as Bomani was on it, this was Dan's show right. on TV from the get-go. And High Noon was considerably more serious than Highly Questionable. Mm-hmm. But Dan, and I've just been introduced to it through a more intense clip, um, but Dan's radio show... Dan's radio show... deathly serious. If that's the only clip you watch, you would think that. Oh, really? That show is, it's a sport. The Dan Lebertard show with Stu Gotts on ESPN Radio is what I've sort of filled the void of Highly Questionable without Poppy with. And I absolutely love the thing so much. I It's like, it's like a three-hour radio show and I listen to it every day. I find time to do that. Granted, I do it on double speed, so I get done with it in like an hour 15 because I'm a freak. So... But that show is like a sports radio show that the, that the entire premise is like making fun of sports radio. Oh, okay. And yeah, I kind of like that. And trying to talk about sports while also talking about sports as little as possible. Yeah. So, the, the, what the clip you saw of Dan? That was just something that, like, he just could not weave into any news. He's like, I need to talk about this, and they were like joking around about like carnival rides before that oh, and really? like and then the clip you saw billy gill in the penalty box because he just made a bad joke the segment before like an unfunny joke so like go to the penalty box for two minutes i like that we yeah. should have one of these or those around here <laughs> um i so yeah i watched i watched high noon yes <laughs> i was so not impressed all i could think the entire time i was watching this was like these are really really smart takes from really, really smart guys. And I am bored. God, am I bored. I'm so bored. 
Because like yeah, like the whole time, my only reaction was like, "Yes, you are you are correct." Yeah, you're probably right. The Bucks are pretty good this year. No, the Raptors are still pretty good this year too. Okay, like like there was nothing to to get me through the story. And while like I thought that that was all really really good analysis, that's not what I'm at. ESPN for because again and we have a theme today these are sports that people watch when they're getting hammered they're not that complicated you know and at the end of the day I think that they were trying to like three-dimensional chess stuff that was like really good really intelligent takes I just couldn't bring myself to care now they're Covering of, um, again, I've seen a very small amount of this show. Mm -hmm. Secondly, their coverage of big issue stories, Kaepernick, clearly pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that one of the things that I saw looking at things online was like, Folks in the community of sports journalists that I was able to, like, scrounge up last night and this morning when looking at this, and then also just Joe Schmoes, who watch a lot of sports television, said, this is kind of the anti-first take. Yes. Because first take, even if it's not the biggest ESPN, like, show, it looms in everyone's head as, like, this is what sports coverage is now. Yeah, it's love it's it or you, hate it. It's what you think of when you think of ESPN shows. It's like yeah, it, would, it's, it's not it's not their talk highest shows for sure. Talk shows, yeah, it's never going to be a sports center. Yeah, but but I isn't it their highest watched talk show? Um, I think I don't. I honestly don't think so. Uh, really? No. Let, let me look this up real quick. At the very least. Well, one, it's got to have the one with the most viral moments that come out of it, yes. which push people to ESPN. And second, I think that probably when Skip was on there, yeah, it was the most watched. I would, I would hazard a guess. Oh, where, where, where can I find? I don't yeah. want opinions. I want ratings. I'm gonna look. I know. I guess pardon the interruption. Looks pretty good. Lots of people like PTI. Yes. And PTI has been on for forever, so, and it's a show I like, but it's not something that I watch that often because it comes on at a very bad time for my sports viewing habits. Because what I liked about High Noon and the time slot it fit in is that I could, at three, watch High Noon, get get the smart stuff done. So I like know what's going on and how to think about it and just the facts almost of what the situation is. And then I get highly questionable, which is just wackiness for 30 minutes. And then I get around the horn, which is a nice mix of that, plus the debate that was lacking in those other shows. Because my biggest criticism of High Noon was that there wasn't much debate. They just sat around agreeing with each other. Yeah. And when Pablo would agree with Bomani, he would oftentimes easily fold to Bomani's argument and be like, yeah, you're right. Let's, Let's get this next show thing on the road. Like, next topic. Yeah. They moved really, really fast. Yeah, they but moved too not, fast, in my opinion. Not in the fun, gimmicky way of PTI. They were clearly trying to do their own version of PTI. Mm-hmm. And also, now don't get me wrong. I like both of these guys. 
but I don't like them nearly as much as I like the guys from Part of the Interruption. I don't like them nearly as much as I even like, like, I, don't, don't get me wrong, I've got my beef with Stephen A. Smith, but, like, it's entertaining to watch him yell about stuff. I like, like, I genuinely think I could grab, like, lunch with Max Kellerman. He seems like a good dude. But, like, oh, God. It also just didn't seem like the best manifestation of them. Because I've liked Bomani more other places. I've liked Pablo more other places. You know what I mean? Yes. But these guys, I just could not. Like, this iteration of them together, it wasn't working. And now, I, I know that ESPN didn't say, hey... This is they said it was for ratings, right? They thought they could get better ratings in this time slot. Yeah, even though it was drawing about it averaged about three hundred and thirty thousand. See, I don't think with that. Now here's the other thing, which compared to the Get Up, which is their morning show, which again, it I don't think it's very good. I don't, I don't like the personalities on it as much as I do the afternoon personalities. I don't think it has unique enough takes or angles as something like NBA The Jump does, or even other networks as NBA coverage. It's sort of a primarily basketball-themed show, I guess, especially this time of year. But I do like the idea of a wake up, it's sports. But I think that it's nothing that couldn't be easily accomplished with the Sports Center and just shoving highlights in our faces, which is what the Sports Center, the crux of it, should be. I want... They put me in charge of ESPN. What I would do is a morning show that hybridizes a sports center kind of thing and a, um, like a pardon the interruption. I've got two anchors that are just, you're my guys every single day. And because here's the other cool thing about sports. It doesn't change overnight. No. Um, and everybody does their previews super far in advance so that they can be up the morning of the day that that thing happens. So let's say yesterday there was a big, let's say Duke and North Carolina played the last night. It went late. Um, Spring training starting and we want to talk about that. And the third big story is that Colin Kaepernick's dog has been linked in talks with the New York Jets. Um, We're going to cover the first two as just like hard news, this is what happened, here's the analysis. If there's controversy, if there's room for debate in one of the stories, we take the next half hour and talk about that. And then at the end, there's a big, because the thing about morning shows is that people drop in and drop out whenever they want. Yes. Or whenever they happen to, if they're watching it in the car on the way to work, whatever's happening. So I think that at the end of that, that's when you do the big highlight whip around of like, here's all the stuff we didn't directly talk about. We're going to go through all these things. Here's what you can understand from me talking for 10 seconds about highlights. But I think that what Sports Center tries to do is give everything equal rate. Yes, and then, which, like, you know. Which, which I get for that program's sake, but when ESPN has so many shows about people talking about sports. I think we need just a straight, here's your one-stop shop for the highlights so you don't fish around the internet for it. The other and thing I is think... other people, other, that's what I was just going to say, the internet is doing a better job of that. Yes. That's, but what, that's what ESPN can do, though, that, that the internet can't. Is, is debate. Is debate. 
and and have the best. And I do think that they're the best TV analysis out there. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it's sports. Like this is my beef with like the Athletic or SI. Like it's sports, and it's sports in the twenty first century. And I just don't know that there are a whole lot of people who legitimately want long, drawn-out profile pieces or long, drawn-out think pieces about sports. I want them. I eat that up. (laughs) But I don't think that Joe Schmo wants them. And I think he tells people that. I think that there's a reason that, like, you know, there's a reason that First Take does relatively well. We are both not in... Like, I'm not employed in sports media. You are not employed in sports media currently. You do your own thing, which I think gives us a unique leash to be like, hey, this is a sports media project that gets to look at how the sports media is covering things. Yes, which which brings me to something I do want to write for the site is about failed, like, ESPN or Fox shows that tried to combine entertainment and sports together because there have been so many of them. Sports Nation. Sports Nation. Which I liked. I, I, I liked it a lot, Sports too. Nation. There were problems, but I dug it. Well, I loved it with Beatle and Coward. As soon as Beatle left, the show died. The show died, like, and then Beatle came back, but Coward wasn't there. Coward's busy rotting on Fox Sports. Yeah. So, but yeah, those two together with that show at that time was a magic combo. But, but there was so much more where that came that from. That is so much what this is. Yeah. Magic combinations of hosts. Like, I like Pablo. I like Bomani. But Their energy didn't work together. Have you tried to listen to Golik and Wingo? No, I. my sports radio is either devoted to the local guys or to Dan Lebetard, so, so... I've gotten, like, literally, like, what feels like millions of YouTube recommendations to watch Golik and Wingo. And every time I'm like, oh, cool, they're talking about U.S. soccer. Sounds fun. Oh, cool. They're talking about the XFL. I'm interested. And they take these topics that I care about. And it's Mike Golick, a guy who I really liked on Mike and Mike. Like, Mike and I, Mike was one of those shows that got me into, like, oh, sports is really cool. Mm-hmm. And which was a tough, tough hill for a kid who didn't actually like playing sports. I don't know why I'm, I feel like this is like sports talk radio therapy. I'm like laying on the couch telling you my thoughts. I I realize that this is an auditory medium and you don't know what this looks like. And I'm just going to leave you in the dark on that, dear listener. Because I I have the power. I do. So anyway, um, I thought that like, I'd really dig this new show. And like, I don't think the answer is that I don't like Mike Golick's takes. I think the answer is, I like those takes when you put them up against Mike Greenberg. Yeah, because Golik was like the athlete and Greenberg was like the sports nerd. And that was such a fascinating dichotomy. And they had lightning in a bottle. And then Greenberg left to like, do what exactly? I don't remember. I don't know, be a Northwestern grad and an ex-game show host? (laughs) (laughs) I had to read his Wikipedia page for like a fifth grade project and it's never fallen out of my head that he went to Northwestern... And also, like, hosted Who Wants to Be a Thousandaire. Yeah. Um, yes, but, like, going back to the, the thing about the dynamic hosts together, like, I see what you mean. Mike and Mike had the jock and the smart guy. And, and this show, I think it sort of worked for me in a way that was beyond the, 
sports medium of you need to have these two stereotypes and them give their takes. Like, I'm not saying that everybody else in sports media is a stereotype, but there's a reason why their shows work in that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like but, okay, then let's look at first. Take. I, I'm just saying that High Noon worked for me and that here's where I can just listen to Pablo's takes and Bomani's takes. It was sort of a way that worked for me outside of the debate medium, outside of the here's a guy and here's the wall he's pushing up against. You know, mm-hmm. this was just an open air thing that I really enjoyed because Pablo and Bamani are both really smart people and just absorbing their takes with some in, in this sort of medium was very convenient and very informative and something that I really appreciated. And plus they also, they had some fun on that show too. You got, you got a bit of highly questionable Bomani in there and you got a bit of Pablo just being sort of a lovable dummy about <laughs> About I, stuff and then Bomani being like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I get that. I like that. I I, I could I can empathize with that. But what I didn't get about that show was like there was I didn't think those takes were good enough to stand on their own okay. untested. And I also didn't think that there was enough clash to keep me interested. Because I'll listen to a bad take if there's an equal and opposite bad take in the other direction, because it's like watching a train wreck. Hey, first take, what up? <laughs> but, um, you know, just being like, here is my mediocre take, but I like the Bucks are like, that was half the show. Like, yeah, I get it. The Bucks are still good. No one was disputing this fact. Everyone knows that it's their conference to lose, and it's probably going to be them and whoever in the finals. Neat. Why are we dragging this out? And then, like, so we do this show. Yes. And when we started, I thought, oh, I'm worried about doing a sports talk show because I'm worried I'm going to have to come up here and talk about crap I don't believe in. Which, for whatever reason in this medium I was concerned about, I thought I'd do a poor job of pulling that off. I have done that maybe twice, and I think they've been some of our best discussions. Because, and, and I wasn't even like, it wasn't even something I disagree with. I think mostly when we come in here, one of us is like, I feel strongly about this. And the other one's like, I agree with you, however, have you considered this and it's not really a debate show it's more of like a back and forth of like you have a thought i'm going to interview you about that thought to make sure that we get it from every possible angle and understand where you're coming from more and i'm not saying that we're the perfect like we're by no means the paradigm of sports media but i think that that is a really interesting and and some of the best shows the, the shows that i really like have that kind of a format where it's not adversarial no. I am not standing here going like, Max Kellerman, I think you're a wonderful journalist, but I disagree with you. No, I'm just like, listen, man, I don't know. What do you think about X? You know, oh, you yeah. feel strongly that Y matters, but what about Z? That is like, and I think that there's a way to be funny and interesting and entertaining without screaming at each other, but also without being like, and in today's news, basketball happened. Good teams are good. Bad ones are bad. Yeah, and plus this is the medium of a podcast, which very, uh, which favors two friends having a conversation about sports far better than a television program would. 
Have we seen that tried? Have we really seen that? And I gotta go. So I'm literally packing up as I make this comment, and I'm gonna just leave Justin to give his response. But I don't think we've seen that actually tried. I don't think that we've seen... The thing is, like, with sports TV, there are so many topics that you sort of need to cover. Like, like, no. with, like with Highly Questionable... Where the, the hell horn. did we get it in our heads that you have to yeah. talk about every single story in your hour-long show? That's the dumbest thing about all this. Why should... Why, I mean, okay, certain shows built to do that. Sports Center, pardon the interruption, around the horn. I want you to talk about everything in segments, snippets. Which is what, interestingly, real news does certain hours, right? Anderson Cooper is going to walk you through everything that happened today. But you know who comes on after Anderson Cooper these days? Chris friggin' Cuomo. And Cuomo on CNN, love him or hate him, his show is stylistically different in that he is going to talk about, like, three different things. And then at the very bottom of the show be like, also, this happened. If it develops, we'll talk more about it. Also, coronavirus. <laughs> oh... But, like, you know, I think that, like, what ESPN needs to do is have the chutzpah to, like, diversify. And I'm not saying that in the loaded, like, diversify sense. But I mean, like, change up their, not only their roster, but also just, like, the way they're going about shows. And the way they're going about programming. And also do a better job of something they're already doing fairly well, which is, like, integrating YouTube into this. Because I think that, like, ESPN is very much going to be, like, late-night talk shows where, like, our generation catches the clips of it we want to watch on Twitter the next day. You know, I'm going to watch when Colbert interviews Bernie. You might watch when Fallon interviews BTS. I don't know, but... I actually did watch that. I knew it. I friggin' knew it. But here's the thing. Our generation's not willing to sit through that. And so you might not be interested in sitting through the 20-minute soccer interview that I want to see on ESPN with the best journalists in the world. And I am probably not going to watch another segment about how good the Bucks are. Did you watch the Bucks last night? They're so good. They're really good. They're scary good. Yeah, but the thing with, like, ESPN and CNN... It's yes, cool take, bro. Bye. You gotta go make ESPN money. needs to have space to show live sports, which gives them less room to experiment. Do you know Hulu has live sports? Tom Brady tells you that instead of retiring like he God. should. I was so excited for him to quit that he didn't. Ugh. Sad days. Until, later, until next time. <laughs>